How you doing, mate? Hey? How you doing? I'm bored. I'm isolated. Yeah? I'm just getting the dents out of my shit pads. Ah. And welcome to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Uh, we're back, Matt. We we're are. not going to stay away. We're in the same room. We are. We're um, 1.3 metres away from each other at the moment. We're nearly... No, we are the required, are we? Oh, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, we're pretty good. Look, we're not, we're not sitting next to each other anyway. You're no. on one side, I'm on the other. Yep. How are you? Yeah, I'm not. How's the new world? Um, it, uh, well, <laughs> there's been some negatives and some positives this week, John. We'll talk about you, that shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, uh, still, lots of hockey things going on. Um, lots of great feedback from last week's show. Lots of hockey uh, quizzes and stuff going on. Well, You're there is. Well. I'm, I'm pu- putting You're some bits and pieces. Yeah, stuff. Some well done, little man. little bits and pieces out there just to try and entertain those of you that are stuck indoors at this difficult, challenging time, these, oh, these unprecedented times, these... these they are. <laughs> oh, look, it don't, we shouldn't laugh, because oh, it is a weird situation for everyone. Look, let's face it, um, I noticed very early on, and you, you felt an effect in what you were doing, very early on in, in, in the whole impact it had in, on e- us in our Personal country, economic times, um, yeah, spheres. Yeah, it, it had a direct impact on you very early on. Yeah. Uh, and so... and. Around the same time as it had a direct Im- impact on you, I noticed it directly impacting some businesses that I was delivering to yeah. in my delivery jobs. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So uh, businesses should have been open and thriving because that's what they're normally doing at that time of the day. Shut. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was in and the very slow, early days of things. And this, but we're going back a month, a month. six yeah, weeks. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, it's been a long creep. But it's almost been like it's been obvious that we're going to get to a stage like we are now. We're not certainly not full on here yet in Australia. We're still seeing plenty of people that don't really quite get the idea of how they should be treating these times. <laughs> yeah. um, look, I think they're, and, co- they're called COVIDiots. Uh, COVIDiots, is yeah. that the word for it now? Look, and I'm going to the shops. I have to go to the shops to buy food. Oh, sorry, sorry. There, uh, we'll press pause and we'll catch you in two or three minutes. Oh, folks. yeah, I'll be back in a second, yeah. But... Um, and what, what, what astonishes me is that when you stand in line and someone just comes and stands behind you. <laughs> and I mean, behind, right behind you. Like, oh, I have to turn my head around to see you. It's like half thing. the world know what's going on and half are just, are just yeah. totally oblivious. Absolutely oblivious to it. It's beautiful to live in that kind of bubble. Um, we might all have to live in a bubble very soon. Well, the worst thing is, is the more people uh, ignore the, those sorts of standards... In a place like a shopping, uh, a grocery store, the less likelihood is that they'll stay open. All I can. And we need them to stay John, open because the government's telling us not to panic. But John, I want us to get back on the hockey field as soon as possible. So oh, just keep away we'll from each other, wash your hands, do all that sort of stuff. I want to be back out on that field. Just, you know, yeah. today was supposed to be, um, the opening round for our, um, top teams uh, for the season. Tomorrow, Supposed to be the first ever walking hockey festival in Australia. You know, I, do, I look back at the effort that I've put into a number of things, including European travel and going yeah. to the EHL and everything, going back to December last year. So much planning that's gone into place. 
getting teams ready for the season, welcoming new members, doing all that sort of stuff, all gearing up to this weekend and next weekend. And, and then I was going to get to jump on a plane, <laughs> go, go to your relax, step away from any club responsibilities, pass on the mantle, do all this sort of thing. I've... And, and I look at it now as the days go by, it's like, yep, opening round today, gone. Walking to hockey festival tomorrow, gone. Was it worth putting all of that time and bloody effort into it in Look, the first place? And, and, that's and, and this is something that's going to be found by a lot that. of people, yeah, around. And not least those that are, are supposed to be finishing their leagues at the moment, oh, yeah. holding their annual dinners, holding their centenary dinners and, you know, all, all these um, great events to celebrate clubs and history of the sport and celebrations of seasons and all that sort of stuff, all put on ice, put on hold and... Um, Oh, you just got to laugh, really. I mean, you just got to laugh because what can you do? What can well, you do? Exactly, Matt. And we'll talk about this a little bit more. But in adversity, there is opportunity. We'll we'll have a. But you know, you've taken a big economic hit plus your sporting hit, as you said. Yeah. All the sports stuff. It is. It is kind of quite nice to. I, <laughs> yeah. I would be absolutely frantic this weekend and over the past week with finalising squads and putting groups together and making sure everybody knows what's going on and fixtures out and all that sort of thing. Um, and there's, it's been quite nice to have to focus on some other things like getting set for homeschooling next week and, um, you know, maybe clean, <laughs> cleaning that gutter that hasn't been cleaned for two years. And I, I don't know. There's, I've still got lots going on. There's busy, 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 busy all the time anyway, not least with this show, John. Um, but it's, it's this is the first time in many a year there hasn't been an, a hockey activity that I'm either planning for, involved in, or assessing what's just happened. I, I'm talking 17 years probably. Yeah, um, uh, I was actually really looking forward to next week, Matt, uh-huh. because next week I should have been making my um, hockey WA competition debut mm. as a commentator. Mm. All set up. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope Ashley doesn't mind telling people that because uh, he was going to be away commentating somewhere else, yeah. and I was going to step into his shoes for a couple of games, uh-huh. and then um, a couple more later on during the season when the Olympics were going to be on. Yeah. None of that's happening. So uh, uh, that really sucks. And that that sucks more. What do you mean? You, com- you mean your local league commentating debut? Well, I've done plenty of international Yeah, stuff. of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, not, well, not we've late, got not, some not, of that coming up later not, on. Not these last week. Yeah. Well, later on, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that but, shortly. But uh, I, was, I was really looking forward to that opportunity. Um and and that hurts more than the fact that I won't be getting my weekly dose of sitting in the back of an AFL calling. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, got the old um, your laid off letter yesterday, the old email well, saying you and uh, the, the no work. You and a lot of people. Um, yeah, <laughs> lots of us. There's uh, a lot of people. And a, in all I've, sorts of industries. I've seen a lot of uh, coaches for state associations here that we know. Um, two or three of those have. Um, been stood down and and very uncertain future. Yeah, um, yeah it's a, and it's the same around you know yeah, coaches that have been assigned for a season that might might not happen. Well, clubs can't afford to pay those coaches, unfortunately. Um, 
there's going to be a lot of issues coming up around our sport and other sports over the next six months. And there's going to be a need for lots of gives and takes on on both sides. So giving giving somewhere and yeah. taking somewhere else. Flexibility. Kind of flexibility. Yeah, flexibility and um, yeah, just uh, hunker hunk down, hunker down. Do, do do your best that you can do for us. But I did mention last week at the end. Can you help your club if you're sitting around doing nothing? Maybe get hold of some old archives and digitise them. You know, that's a good idea. Who would have thought of that? Little thing, little things like that. Now is possibly the perfect opportunity. Maybe you've got some, some kind of structural plans that you think you can put into place for your club. Do it now while you've got an opportunity to do it. News. I got some news for you. Oh damn it! Because I had nothing. Tokyo 2020 will become <laughs> Tokyo 2021. <laughs> Um, just to clarify, John, we do have a statement here yeah, from the FIH, from the CEO, Thierry Veal. On behalf of the International Hockey Federation, I would like to thank and express our full support to the International Olympic Committee, the Tokyo 2020 Organising Committee, the Japanese authorities and the Tokyo Metropolitan Government for the decision taken to postpone the Olympics to next year. This decision brings clarity to the global hockey community and I'm sure it's supported by all athletes who are currently facing important challenges to train at this unprecedented time. Good on him. The focus today is on staying at home to fight the COVID-19 pandemic. The message of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic torch that hope lights our way could not be more pertinent at this time. We look forward to outstanding Olympic Games in Tokyo next year. You're not saying anything? Great. Well, it's just great to be on the front foot, isn't it, with these things? <laughs> yes, tremendous work um, finally addressing the situation and addressing the hockey family so directly there. Where's the message from Thierry to the hockey world? It, 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 it fully supportive <laughs> and agreeance of everything that's been done by other organisations. <laughs> See, that's the problem I have with it. I don't think there was any choice there, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, but in all of this, how long are we waiting for the, the, to say something? Well, we're waiting for something to be said on the people pro league. Been, people, yeah, and look, let's face it, if, if they're not going ahead with the Tokyo Olympics, nothing's going ahead with the pro league, is it? Oh, no, no, no. We're only, we're only cancelled through till May the 23rd or something like that at the moment. John, oh, sorry, postponed. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, we'll be playing pro league... After that? Well, Pro League's League, the new Olympics, man. Okay. Look, is it now that we start our Adversity Comes Opportunity chat? Yeah, well, why, why not? What else okay. are we going to talk about, John? But we, what we do have coming up, we've got some uh, of our normal tittle-tattle, um, but we did get some great reaction out of last week's live, live game that we did. Um, oh, it was great being up in New Guinea too as well, wasn't it? Beautiful weather. Thanks so much to the FIH for putting it on and... I think uh, the fans, the players, the coaches, the officials, and the media there that were there absolutely loved it. And it was uh, a great event. Um, it was a little bit of light um, at the back end of the tunnel. Yeah, it certainly was, and uh, we've got to thank our sponsors as well. Our backers, rugs, and plugs of distinction. Yep. yep. Uh, Big hole services. Your resources are ours. Yep. Uh, Gover's rifles. When you need to hit the target, we saw the target get hit last week, didn't oh, we? Flicker time. Oh, flicker, flicker time. time. Uh, Fly B. Even when the only choice is A. And Lallet flowers. Vote for good sense. <sighs> uh, yeah, but we got some great feedback, John. A lot of people enjoyed the broadcast. 
Um, but some of our younger listeners, they didn't, they didn't quite know some of the characters involved and, and they, oh. they weren't aware of Clint Flicker. I don't know how the bad education on the parents' part there, obviously. Um, but we were asked, you know, maybe we could share some of the highlights of, of Flicker's career. Now, there's We've two, some well, that, well, yeah, well, there's too many to mention, but we did, we did, um, get hold of three, well, our favourite, our top three, um, highlights from, from Clint's career to date. Uh, so we'll be we'll be playing those to you a little bit later on in the show. Looking forward to that. That should be great, Matt. Um, oh, can't wait to hear. Actually, that is exciting. Uh, okay, back to what we're going to talk about. In adversity comes opportunity, and I'm not talking necessarily the sort of um, Donald Rumsfeld, Halliburton type uh, opportunities that arise in adversity. I'm giving voice to the uh, opportunity to take a break. Donald and, Rumsfeld, yeah. isn't he US? Defence Secretary yeah. or something? Rumsfeld, Halliburton, that sort of opportunity. Ah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm talking Sponsored about... Sponsored by Governor's... Governor's Rifles, yes. Yeah. Well, they did pretty well out of it, I think. Um, <laughs> Bullet sales are up in the US at the moment. <laughs> now, let's, let's go back to what I really mean by adversity comes opportunity. Um, yes, these things have been taken away from us. But it gives an opportunity that you touched on before to focus on other things for a little while. And let's face it, the hockey world just keeps going around and round all the time, doesn't it? It's well, a wheel. We, 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 have, we, we haven't had a break. Well, we, it does a break. It's, it's, even, even at Christmas time, there's um, different Asian competitions that are happening. You know, that's our traditional break for us as white Westerners. And what? White Westerners? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what we are, isn't it? Right, a couple of middle, Westerners. middle-aged white Westerners, okay. male no, I, white Westerners. Wasps, that's you're talking that sort of stuff. Yeah. Wasp, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm a bit Catholic as well. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Makes a big difference, wasps, apparently. Wasps, does it? <laughs> apparently, I don't well, know. I've got more, I've on, never that noticed com- the difference. more on that coming up. Um, where were we? <laughs> Everybody's got what, an opinion, and uh, anyway, go on. You're totally lost now. Yeah, yeah, I am now. This is brilliant. Normally I'd put a, uh, a an edit in here for a broadcast version no. of this particular podcast. Don't worry but to about see you flabbergasted without a word to say. People are it's pe- worthwhile recording for posterity. People are listening to all sorts of shit these days. Honestly, <laughs> they just I just need something different from the uh, the sound of the, the, the birds outside the window and uh, my whining children. Okay, I want to talk about the opportunity that Opportunities, exists, that's, where that that's where we were going. For hockey, with this adversity. Okay. Now we can't play. It's pissing me off. I'm, I'm not happy. Spatter me again then. Honestly, it's two metres. You've got such a range. That's why band pack practice, I reckon, has been called off. Everybody in the band's going, I reckon that we should just give it a break for a little while and go, oh, but we've got, you know, look at how... And, and I'm sure it comes back yeah. to the fact that when I really start letting it go... Yeah, I know. But, see, I'm, I know that I'm safe. That's because I'm missing teeth. So. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, know, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, know that I'm, I know that I'm safe because you don't speak to anybody in public <laughs> and you don't have any friends. So, <laughs> so unfortunately, it's fine. It's true. <laughs> 
So, do you know when the last person before you, you know, you actually... Well, I know I was the one before that. <laughs> you were. The only person I've been this close enough to talk to in the last week, apart from Mrs. Lee, and she's got no choice because I keep her locked up in the basement, <laughs> but she's, was uh, the boss at work. And, and he was sitting on a forklift at least two or three metres away when he sort of pulled up and told me which van I had and then drove off. There you go. Brilliant. I reckon I'm safe, folks. <laughs> Done about a year at home. Um, yes, adversity. Okay, look, yeah. we're being stupid now. We're just trying to add some levity because there's not much hockey to talk about, but this is a, a little I'm bit I've got a big she here. Don't worry about it. There's nothing to talk about. Okay. But this is a serious part of the podcast. This is an house just uh, getting together every Saturday night, having a good time, as we have been over the last few weeks. Three weeks, it's Saturday yeah. nights, hasn't it? Adversity over opportunity. So we can't, we don't have our hockey, which is a real drag for everybody. It's, it's a double drag for the people who are at the pointy ends of their season and now they've got. And, and those employed in, within the yeah, game. With yeah, with those employed in whatever capacity that may be. Um, you know, oh, to, to have it pinched off at the end is a real Bummer. I, you know, I can't imagine. I've never had that. Ex- no, I've had a couple of times through yeah. injury, but it's like a collective injury to everybody in the game at the same time in all the functions. It's well, terrible. In the Irish leagues, they've, they've um, said, we've worked out what we're going to do. Um, April the 12th, we'll let everybody know what our, our decisions have been. And so they, they're potentially looking at percentages and, yeah. you, know, you know, maybe they're looking at a, a, a random result generated for the final games. Whatever it might be. As I was saying earlier about um, this is the first time for a while, the game's actually stopped. We're given breathing space. Yep. This is a big breathing space, and so it, it becomes an opportunity if we choose to make it an opportunity as a sport and to, to reassess where the game's at, to have a look at whole issue range of issues within the game that this space gives us the time to make adjustments if we need to. Now, I'm not talking about necessary major adjustments to things, but it's a real good time for everybody to take a deep breath and throw stuff out there and just see if we can't generate ideas that can and give them breathing space while there's a ho- not a whole lot of other things going on at the same time. And that's very often the problem. We don't have time to just sit down and think of larger issues because there's so many other things going on in the in the in between times. I so, I, th- I think um, yeah, it's it, it's going to foster an opportunity for di- a different approach to things. Now, yeah, that's it. There was a, a release from Hockey Australia the other day about a raft of um, things, but a couple of paragraphs yeah, really. sort of spruiked my interest a little bit. Um, uh, it is Hockey Australia and the member associations' ambition to ensure members get hockey sticks in their hands at the soonest possible time, as community hockey is the lifeblood of the sport in this country. HA and the MAs reinforce the intention and importance to get local competitions up and running. But obviously, only if and once clearance and assurances have been announced by the government and relevant health authorities. I found that quite refreshing, John, because I've only seen a top-down approach for many, many years, and I know that that's, that's reflected across association, national associations across the world. 
maybe this is an opportunity for a bit more focus to go on the grassroots level and go, shit, this is where we actually, this is where our sport survives. We can cancel the Pro League. We can cancel Hockey One. We can cancel the Olympics. Postpone whatever. We, you know, these things are unimportant. What is important is the people that play the sport at the base level are there playing the game because without it, we've got nothing. And that's a really refreshing thing to hear, no doubt. And let's face it, they've got a, um, they want people out there playing again too because that's a lot of their financial base and that's not to take anything away from the intentions of it either. But that's part of the story. Um, Can I make some suggestions? Go for it. Just spitballing ideas, folks, throwing them out there. How about we say, because, see, part of the problem is that we have no idea when the resolution to this problem will happen. Now, if everybody in the world was to go, oh, let's, let's pull our heads in and do the right thing, and there are some countries that have far harsher measures than we have in this country, and we don't, personally, you and I don't think that some of them are perhaps going far enough, but if, if this thing could, could be controlled and everybody do the right thing, we should get to the date the Olympics was supposed to start and go, you know what? Probably could have done it. Probably could have had the Olympics, but none of the athletes would have been able to train properly. None of the athletes would have been able to do X, Y and Z properly. They'd have all been quarantined, as we all were. So in hindsight, even though we probably could have scratched it together, it was a good idea to not have the Olympics. Mm. So I reckon that would be a best-case scenario for the globe if that was to happen. Now, individual countries may get to that point where they're able to play competitions earlier than other countries are. So how about we stretch the idea to no global hockey, no international hockey involving international travel before Christmas? None at all. Let's not even plan for it. Let's just say it ain't going to happen. Because international travel will probably be one of the last restrictions you'd think that would be lifted globally. There will be countries that are blocked off to people from countries that even don't have the coronavirus, if you know, coronavirus. I keep calling it corny virus, but you know. But you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about there. So within well, but I think, well, I think in Australia, the decision to, to ditch hockey one for its second season has been made early. And I think that's to give breathing space for, for those athletes that need to be involved in local competition, but also those that will be involved in well, national programs. But then we lead into a whole different structure of things and, and discussion about where players are on contracts, where coaches are at on contracts. There are some that are announced that they'll be finishing up international coaches after the Olympics. There are players that are uh, not going to be part of the Hockey Australia program directly after the Olympics because they've got contracts signed with uh, European clubs. Uh, and and there's this whole weird mix going on. People scrubbing around, going, "What do we do?" Well, what do you do? You stay indoors and you hope for the best. Well, if if you got my outline, best case scenario, and we it's controlled within the next three or four months globally, then perhaps we can start thinking about getting back to um, the European northern season or European season starting around about on time. Yeah. And we can just reset the, the the globe, so to speak, for those sorts of things. Back to the start of the season before. 
Yeah. So essentially, I mean, um, Euro Hockey has announced that they've uh, going to reschedule their Hockey Fives to 2021, isn't that? No, good? no, oh, no, that's that, a, no. That's a new so announcement. That's a new announcement. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, they've scheduled the yeah. under 16 Hockey Fives, which is the what at the yeah. Youth Olympics qualifier. Yes, 2022 Youth Olympic yeah. qualifier. So they, yeah. they've, they've scheduled that already for July next year. Yeah. So that's not June, go- June I think. June. Yeah, well, that's not going to affect the Olympics being uh, held in June or July next no. year at all in any way, shape, or form. Unless, and, well, well, no, hang on. There's still chance do, to maybe maybe change and, and switch the hockey fives into the Olympics. Maybe a bit late. Well, it might be too. It might be. Maybe it will happen. But the announcement has come. Maybe that, that will be part of the cost cutting that is required <laughs> to get these teams to go there because maybe, as you mentioned, there's all sorts of grants are going to go, be the, coming. But those that, those that are qualified will go to Tokyo 2021, mm. those that are already qualified. So we know those teams are going to stay. There was a little bit of a conversation around when Canada were the first site, the first nation to pull out of the Olympics, going, oh, does that mean that Ireland have got an opportunity to, to get in there? Um, or whoever else on the, um, you know, where, the, where the rankings were or at the, at the time. Um, but it leaves lots of questions about those players. You know, some people, some of those guys, guys and girls might have thought, right, this is it, the end of my career. I'll do Tokyo. That's the end of my international career. And, and I've got other plans already. I'm going to have children. I'm going to become a lawyer. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do whatever those things might, might have been. Suddenly that's changed. Does this provide opportunities for new people to come in and take up those spots or, or do, do you hang around another year to, to realise that dream, your four-year cycle becomes a five-year cycle. There are so many issues involved here uh, <laughs> that everybody seems to be struggling with uh, consequences and potential outcomes of everything. Um, well, I, at the end of the day, a lot of us will end up uh, back where we started. We'll all have taken a lot of us will will have taken a financial hit and be worse off for the experience. But essentially, many things will go back to normal, essentially normal, and it'll be 15 or 20 years before you're able to look back and go, you know what, that was a pivotal moment because this happened. It won't be something necessary that people notice off the, straight off the top of their heads, but it will be something that when you cast your mind back to, to the moment, yeah. well... People started doing this yeah. at that time, or people, something or changed. M- or maybe within an individual sport, this was a pivotal moment for yeah, change, yeah, yeah. and the power balance shifted. Something happened, but it's not quantifiable as we sit here now. What's changing? Hello, I'm Nick Irvin, and you're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. You are listening to the Reverse Tick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and it's a happy birthday to Nick Irvin in the in the past week. And you know how I know, John? Is it Nick's birthday? How yes, do you know? Um, because it was posted by EHL on their social media channels, saying "Happy birthday, Nick!" Voice of EHL. Um, EHL. Did Nick have a response? Well, I've got a response. Oh. Stop it! <laughs> Just stop it with the birthday. <laughs> do you know what Hockey India? Had the uh, happy birthday to the treasurer of Hockey India today. I bet. Really? Yeah. When's your birthday? Stop it. Stop it. Uh, just past the end of the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> just when we can start socialising again. I got an email. 
Um, toilet roll challenge. What? Thought it was quite nice to start with, but now I just think it's unhygienic. You know, there's a, there's a, a shortage of toilet rolls around the world. People can't get them when they want them, and you've got bloody idiot hockey players whacking them around the floor and all over the place. Don't do that. Are you thinking it's making a mockery? Post just post them to somebody who's in need of a toilet roll, please. Actually, I was uh, I was looking today down at the last two rolls. I haven't given it much thought. <laughs> Getting close. Yeah, yeah, but the funny thing was we had to buy a uh, a brand of toilet roll that I don't like buying. Isol. No, no, it's actually one of those premium brands, but it's it's just horrible stuff and it blocks our toilet up. So what I found oh, is that... I'm sorry, folks. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I don't know where this is going to go, but I apologise. No, but I found what we can do is um, pull it in half. You know how the ply works, so we can pull it. So from every one piece, I can get two pieces. <laughs> Compared to what I normally buy, it's brilliant. Well, um, yesterday the girls were having a shower. One of them was sat on the toilet. They they somehow managed to drop a peg down the toilet into the bowl. Oh, Dad, we dropped a peg into the bowl. (laughs) And then. You were worried about where I was taking it. No, but then the the little ones then um, going through the motions on top of the the peg. And I said, how am I going to get the peg out of there now? to stop it blocking things up. Oh, oh, Dad, you'll be all right. You dropped your phone in there before. <laughs> and, you, and you got that out. I said, yeah, but darling, I didn't defecate on top of the phone. And then the she older one... The older one... No, no, mate. don't worry. They're intelligent kids. The, 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 older, the older one's then gone, well, can you just not go and get one of those long pair of tongs from, a, from the kitchen? I said, darling, we're not mixing kitchen utensils with toilet things. No. <laughs> so just what we'll do is we'll just flush it, flush it as normal, and then if the peg stays up and whatever, then I'll I'll get it I'll, I'll get it out of there or it floats or whatever. But I'm, if it blocks things up, we'll have to deal. With, oh, is it going to cost us a million dollars, Dad? No, darling, it won't cost us a million dollars. Anyway, sorry. Well, we? oh, happy birthday, Nick. Happy birthday, Nick. How old do you think Nick is? Does anybody know? Did Nick own up? Should we have a competition? No, we don't need a competition. Oh. 52, always. Is he? No. He'd be younger than me. No, he's... Jeez, I know some of the blokes he played against in my club. They'd, they'd all been in their 70s and 80s, so... Would they? Yeah, even, even if he was a young goalkeeper back in the day for Coventry and North Warwickshire. Um, Did you remember that, or you make no, it No, no, I, <laughs> I remembered it. Okay. I remembered it. I had a little look earlier on. Not earlier on at all. We're, 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 we're going to go through a little bit of nostalgia in a moment, John. But um, as, I, as I was going through some of the the old hockey magazines that I've got, I found a team list for uh, the GB team for, I think it was, was it Rome Olympics or Tokyo Olympics? Tokyo, I believe you said. I'll find it just here. Um, and it caught my eye because, well, a couple of reasons, because of the some of the names in the side there and the different clubs that they, ca- that they came from, they weren't clubs, not all necessarily clubs that you would ne- um, recognise today as being the yeah. top clubs and providers of international players. Um, so, yeah, Britain's 20 for Tokyo is the headline in here. And uh, it reads, The British Hockey Board have selected J.F. Cadman, P.D. Fishwick, J. Hindle, and D.R. Miller to fill the last four places in the party of 18 players to represent Great Britain at the Olympic Games in Tokyo. 
R.C. Tattersall, Honorary Secretary of the Board, is to be Assistant Manager to R.A. Fletcher. Goalkeepers, H.A. Cahill, Coventry, P.D. Fishwick, Harborn, Backs, H.D. Judge, Three Rock Rovers, we'll come back to that, J.W. Neal, Bowden, D. Wilman, Cambridge City, Halfbacks, F.H. V. Davis, North Stafford, Captain, R.I. Ireland, Dulwich, C.I.M. Jones, Bishop Storford, A.G. Page, Beckenham, R.M. Sutton, Beckenham, and forwards, J.F. Cadman, Saffron Walden, M.W. Corby, Hounslow, G.M. Cutter, Ben Ridding, J. Hindle, Preston, J.J. Land, Richmond, C.J. Langhorn, Hounslow, D.R. Miller, Old Kingstonians, and D.M. Vate, Surbiton. Three Rock Rovers stuck out to me there, John. I just uh, went, oh... That's odd to see um, a Republic of Ireland name mentioned there. So straight away, I took a photo, fired it off to our friend Stephen Finlader from The Hook. Ah. And, of course, EHL. Stop doing yep. the birthday post, Stephen. Um, his response was, my uncle! Exclamation mark. And this is, of course, referring to HD Judge from Three Rock Rovers. And, the resp- and he said, funny thing is how he became eligible. He lived most of his life in Dublin except for three years in boarding school in Ulster where he played for their provincial team a couple of times. Other than that, no connection to GB. However, him and the goalkeeper, Harry Cahill, were both asked if they could play based on whether their parents were born before or after Irish independence and so they made the case on those grounds. The Olympics took it on trust that it was all above board and didn't check passports. Anyway... David played for Ireland for 22 years, earning 124 caps, probably worth about 450 by modern standards. Wow. <laughs> How's that? What a great story. Super and stuff. You've got some, some great stuff too in those uh, hockey... What, what are those public... The Hockey Circle. Hockey Circle. I'm yeah. going to pick one up here, folks. I've just picked don't, up... Don't lose that page. I won't. It's the Hockey Circle, Volume 4, Number 5. It's a new series. Uh, September 1956. And the photograph on the front page alone, check that out, mate. Check that photograph out. I believe that would be... Oh, that's, uh, one, that's one we've posted recently on, the so, on our social oh, media channels, in New Zealand against India. And that's... In, in front of 10,000 people in, in Christchurch. Amazing scenes there and a great photograph as well. Um, some great of the era advertisements as I noticed well, some brilliant stuff well, that, going that, on that, that actual game there John that's from uh, 1955 yeah. so in Indian Wanderers and we got a message through uh, from a gent called John Sanders who does some amazing work for the Hockey Australia History Project and um, chronicling games played and uh, the history of international hockey in Australia um, he sent us a message he said the Indian team was due to play Australia on the way home, but I understand they sent a cable from, from the ship indicating that the players' legs were too tired after the heavy grounds in New Zealand, so they would play New South Wales only. It was a great disappointment for Aus- Australian hockey fans with the Olympics due the next year, particularly for Sandy Lovett of WA. This test would have been his one and only game for Australia. Oh, no. Here is the Australian team they would have faced. So we've got uh, Alan... Uh, how do we go through this? I'll just run through the team. Alan Barblett, WA. Gordon Bow, WA. Kevin Carton, WA. Yeah. Legend of the game. John Dwyer from Queensland. Louis 
Hayley from Queensland, Keith Leeson from New South Wales, Sandy Lovett, WA, Don Mecklem from Queensland, Jim Mullins from Queensland, and then <laughs> Mal Pearce, Eric, Eric Pearce, Pearce, Gordon Pearce, uh, Ken Reid from Queensland, Des Smack, Spackman from New South Wales, Ray Whiteside from Victoria, and then Charles Morley and Alan Hardman uh, were the, uh, the coach and manager. No, uh, different time. Okay. Maybe a relative, though. Who knows? There's a Dwyer from Queensland. That's what you I know, it's a, maybe a, a Jamie Dwyer relative there. Um, but a great side with the Pierce boys in there. I have to get him on the show. So anyway, um, this prompted um, um, John to to look into it, and unfortunately, we lost Sandy back in 2019. Oh, um, that's right. In October, um, he was very disappointed to find it out. But John does some great work into history of hockey, so. If you've got little snippets like that to send through, please do. Jared, we won't forget about yours. We've got a great little story from uh, from Jared Ivanovich, one of our partners, supporters, listeners, um, about his dad no, playing up in, in, in Macaw around uh, the time of the Second World War and some um, some photos there. So we'll, we'll do a bit more with that going, going forward. Hey, now, um, you had this page open for a reason, didn't you? Which, uh, yes, yes, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Can I read that? Yeah, sure do. Yeah, yeah. So, the battle between players and umpires? Yeah, so this is written by a lady called Ruby Robinson. I think was involved writing um, articles on women's hockey for 30, 40 years, um, based in Queensland, um, but the, it appears uh, throughout Australian the, the Women's Hockey Association. The, it was in the day. The AAH, uh, AAWHA. Yeah, but don't get involved in that. Go, go on to no, the, no, no, the, no, the, no. the, yeah, the piece on umpiring from yeah, Ruby. That's it. It's and, uh, uh, under the, the, the page headline of the battle between players and umpires. And there's a few different points of view put forward, but this is the first one from Ruby. I have come to a definitive conclusion. Umpiring is becoming a more important topic of conversation than the playing of hockey. Every magazine I can lay my hands on relative to women's hockey, and men's too, deals with the problems of umpiring. My only conclusion is the fact that players everywhere do not understand the umpire's rulings, and umpires cannot understand why players whinge about umpiring. How much has changed, Matt? <laughs> Not like, you've got to carry on with it. It's a, it's a, crack, it's a crack in article. The rest of it? Yeah. The rules of honky are simple enough. Why does there have to be so many weird interpretations? <laughs> Admittedly, the umpire in most cases does her best and should not be criticised for her errors. But why is it that umpires are always right and the players wrong when a question ever a decision is asked after a game? No umpire is perfect and players can't always be wrong. It is most discouraging for any umpire who is doing her level best to control a game to the best of her ability and in as fair a manner as possible to be picked on by players who don't not even umpire themselves. But there is a room for improvement both in umpiring and playing and one depends on the other. You want me to keep going? Go, yeah, yeah. go to the end of this one. Then... We get the players who umpire simply because she has been designated to the job. This is pitiful to watch and sheer torture for both teams on the field. Should this umpire be persevered with? Should she get out of her umpiring duties just because she can't be bothered to blow the whistle, even to start or finish the game, let alone in between? 
There is nothing more annoying for a coach than to see her team playing correct strokes and the game to the best of their ability, according to the rules, etc., playing a team which breaks every rule in the book and getting away with it because of a couldn't-care-less attitude of the umpire. This is a case of the better the team losing the match in most cases. Oh, good point. And, you, Ruby. and 50, 60 years on. Yeah, that was uh, July 1964. Sorry, that was written. Yeah, so 56 years on. 56 years. Well, it's good to see in some respects that nothing's changed and shows that that's an essential part of the game. Yes, and, that, and, and, that, and, and, and so video umpires, referrals, all of these things, well, it does, you know, I've said it before on the show, that, that I'm reading these things and speaking to people around the, of the era and reading club newsletters of the era, the same issues with recruiting uh, committee members and player behaviour being erratic at times. I think there's a bit more of a... Um, an acceptance for a bit of biffo at the time. I did read something to you earlier on. You did, yeah. It? Um, well, we'll I, I find think that. That, that you should find that. Well, maybe read that out a bit later on yeah. when you when you get. Uh, I won't find that. I do. I do have a couple of letters to the editor to read, John. Now these are from the. Uh, let's. What's, what's the year here? This is August 1961, and it's in response to uh, an article in the previous edition about the sticks rule. So, concern over stick swinging. Now, this, this has come from <laughs> W. Herbert Wilson, international umpire from Wellington, New Zealand. The editorial note says, the writer, Mr. W. Herbert Wilson, is past president New Zealand Hockey Umpires Association, past chairman of executive New Zealand Hockey Umpires Association, life member of the New Zealand Hockey Umpires Association, life member of Wellington HUA, Life Member Manawatu HA, Life Member Manawatu HUA, and Convener of Interpretations Board NZHUA. Busy bloke shows you can um, you can hold a lot of roles in in sport at the same time. At the same time, and And, not have any conflict. And also write great letters, John. So uh, it goes, sir. The article by Twelfth Man and the letter by M Smith in the June issue interested me very much. This matter of sticks under the present rule has been in my thoughts consistently during the present hockey season. Since my recent retirement from active umpiring, the Wellington Hockey Umpires Association has given me the job of going round the fields, watching games of all grades and reporting to them on incidents which I see take place. These incidents are debated at the meetings of the association, no umpires' names are given, and a decision of the correct ruling is given. One of the matters on which I reported this year was the matter of sticks. Now, John, just before I continue on, yes, what were sticks? Sticks was a rule that said you couldn't raise the stick above the level of your shoulder. Backswing or upswing? Yep. Didn't matter. In fact, when I was taught to play hockey, we were taught to roll our wrists, much like cricket players roll their wrists, uh, as we hit the ball to... Um, to make sure we didn't raise it above our shoulders because as your wrists roll around. And also, as you roll your wrists around, you'll be surprised because you, it gives you much better direction on where the hit's going to go. Mm-hmm. That's what I always found. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I'll continue with uh, W. Herbert Wilson's letter. Okay. I've been appalled at what I have seen, especially in the lower grades and the school divisions. The way the boys swing their sticks indicates that by the time they reach senior grade, 
then senior matches will become butcher's picnics. Yeah, played in a few of them. The Secondary Schools Association in Wellington is perturbed also, as one of the officials attended a meeting of the WHUA and made a strong plea for stricter interpretation of the rule. Some of our better grade umpires have acted when they happen to be posted to these lower grade matches, incurring hostility from the boys and in some cases the coaches. It is quite unfortunate that in most of these matches the umpires controlling them are junior umpires and player umpires, hence the rule does not get interpreted properly. It is also quite unfortunate that in recent years the various Indian teams which have visited New Zealand and to whom the boys look for inspiration are flagrant violators of the rule, hence the boys quote what they saw the Indians do. The NZHUA has circulated an article on the sticks rule to all umpires uh, associations to do away with the idea that the present rule is a free-for-all, but it has not been very effective. I'm afraid that what little trouble we have on our hands now will be nothing to what we shall have in the future if the present rule is allowed to stand. Interesting thoughts. Um, It was backed up by S.M. McEldowie, International Umpire Class 1 from Johannesburg in South Africa. Um, Editorial note, uh, they umpired at the Rome Olympics and and are the Honorary Secretary of the South African Hockey Union. Sir, what an awful lot of nonsense is being talked about the amended sticks rule, with lots of folk rashly wanting to return to the old ruling. Let us logically and calmly recall what the rule used to be. It was an offence to raise the stick above the shoulder either at the beginning or the end of the stroke. No guide was given as to the accurate measurement of this limit, so the short umpire watching so, so the short umpire watching a tall player and a tall umpire watching a short player and lots of other complications of a similar nature resulted in widely varying in interpretations. Most senior umpires, too, rightly interpreted the notes and did not hold up the game for minor infringements of the rule unless dangerous, hampering or intimidating play was involved. And this was exactly what both the more expert players and the top officials were aiming at. It was therefore quite a logical step when officialdom put what was practice into the rules. At the same time, they intended by putting no limit to the rule to give the umpire even more discretion in the dangerous use of the stick. Just as under the old rule we only used our discretionary power when the standard of hockey so justified it, so now we can determine just when dangerous, hampering, intimidating play is involved. And in most lower standard games we can be even more strict than before, because no one can question the height of a swing. When I read that in junior games players are being allowed to swing wildly without penalty, I can only infer that either the umpires are inefficient and have not rightly read and interpreted the new wording, and even more important, the hockey coaches are are not doing their job properly as nothing is to be gained by overswinging of the stick, except intimidation, not now permitted. In fact, a forward with a short swing gives a defender less time to tackle, and vice versa. The back with a long swing gives the forward that much extra time to get in his shot. In effect, the sticks rule is still there, so let's stop being technical about the wording and teach our players not to be dangerous and our umpires to use their discretion wisely. Interesting thoughts. I must admit you see a lot more players tackling 
from what was traditionally the wrong side yeah. in hockey than you used to. And I'm sure right one of the reasons were players were taught to roll their wrists as they hit and that that changes the swing of the stick. And that means if you're coming in from the wrong side and a bloke tries to hit the ball, that stick's coming straight at you because he's rolling his wrists on it. There's another. I'm going to read one more. That's how I broke my I, finger two seasons ago. Re- Remember when I did that? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what the guy did. He rolled. He, he. I was behind him, and he's just rolled his wrists on it and cracked me. Yeah, and well, that's awful, yeah. old school hockey, very much so. There's one more. There's a few, quite a few more letters in here, but there's one from George Moore, Moore, Moyer, Moyer, um, from Sydney. Uh, Indians broke sticks rule first place. Sir, I have read everything concerning sticks, both official and unofficial, that has been written in recent years and the change of this rule to to the existing licence. As I see it, the cause of this change has come about by the rule following the actual practice of the players. In the 1930s, India, which at the time included Pakistan, was the unquestioned world's champion in hockey, and we in Australia were very interested to see see that even their Olympic players gave sticks, particularly when shooting for goal. It was asking a lot of the, any umpire to penalise them for this breach of the sticks rule, and in fact, over the su- succeeding years, it became accepted. So in the post-war years, Indian teams persisted with the sticks, not to gain an unfair advantage, but because being physically small and light in weight, and using their wrists to obtain their hitting power, they tended to lift their sticks those few extra inches over their shoulders to gain extra power. There is never any danger in such a practice from world-class players, but it is natural that lesser players have imitated them, often with less fortunate results. I feel sure that if one of the other hockey nations had been prone to such a deviation, they would have been corrected. I hope no one feels I am either attacking India or our worthy umpires. I only want to express an opinion, having seen most of the Indian teams that have come to Australia since 1926, and the Indian teams of 1952 and 1956 Olympic Games. As to what the solution should be, I frankly don't know. Better grounds and better players and a certain amount of discretion by umpires may be the, an- umpires may be the answer. Once a rule is altered, it's usually difficult to go back to the old rule. <laughs> but if experience shows the need, then the International Hockey Board should not hesitate to return to the original rule and enforce it. Sounds a bit like the tomahawk to me, John. It does a little bit, but can I say that the way that the sticks rule is adjudicated at the moment, even though we don't essentially have one. There isn't. No, but there's, it still seems like umpires are prepared to blow against someone who uses their stick dangerously. Yes. And there's a big difference between what they're talking about as a strict interpretation of the old sticks rule and what umpires now will allow players to get away with. Hockey history with the reverse stick. Hello guys, I'm Manpreet Singh and you are listening Push Pass Pandit. No, Manpreet, you're not listening li- Push Pass Pandit. No, you want to say it, mate, you're not listening to Push Pass Pandit. You're listening to the reverse stick, the global hockey podcast. And if you're not listening to us, you should be listening you to should, that. You should listen to the Push Pass, but great show, uh, episode 10 with... Uh, That's exactly D- right. Davinda Valmiki and... Val Mickey. Well, Mickey. Divinda. 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 Different interpretations oh. on the spelling. 
We had it some was. fun with we that. We got to the bottom of it, though. Thanks, Harper. Check out Push Past Pundits, uh, pushpastpundits.com and uh, at pushpastpundits on Twitter and Facebook. You know, you can get the... It was a great chat with him, though. You can find us on... Fabulous. The... Yeah, it was. Check really? it out. We'll have to get him back on. And he laughed, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if he laughed because he thought it was just a joke well, he was all the way through. But... Isolation, the poor bugger, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah, hadn't had much to do. Been locked up with a non-stop talking Australian, apparently. That'd be hard <laughs> with to cope with. Nick yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, imagine listening to us for eight hours a day. We speak too quick, he said. Yeah. We didn't. We spoke. Yeah, he was understanding enough. Some good stuff on socials, though, John. This past really? week, um, online quizzes from different people. Uh, Rachel Lynch doing some stuff with a, a stomp hockey uh, goalkeeping things. HockeyToday.cc. Max Cowder interviewed yesterday. Keeley's got some stuff happening with FH yeah, umpires with a wa- wa- watch party. Oh, the um, the FIH. Apparently, you, I don't know what's gone on here. They've released all the Pro League games to view on FIH.live. Yeah. Incredible. But the footage from the um, social distancing comp from last week, the sixes, isn't available on there anymore. Some people did go on what? there. Yeah, well, some people have said, oh, we heard the commentary, um, didn't get it live, went to go on to the FIH site and couldn't find it. So, Mark, I'm really sorry that it, it wasn't up there. We're going to look into that with um, the guys at the FIH. Oh, I'm sure it'll be a minor glitch. Always is. Um, nearly there's John. Nearly there's for Scott Edwards and uh, Tyron. Um, I'm not sure who else, but uh, not quite eligible for the, uh, the six-month stay in, accommodate, get... in accommodation here in, in WA for listening oh, okay. to every single thing. Um, well, Scott, that, that Scott, offer's Scott now was... been extended by 14 days. <laughs> Scott was willing to listen to the push past pundits that he hadn't listened to before. And I said, you're most welcome to join us now. Uh, your accommodation's ready. We've got to p- pay your own flight. Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, Jonas, thanks very much for the support for, <laughs> for Clint Flicker as well last week. Um, now, there's yeah. an interview we've got to get. Do you reckon we can get him on? Clint Flicker? Yeah. Well, there's something lined up, actually, John, because we... Oh, really? Um, yeah, there's a, a big announcement to come out about... Um, FIH um, elections and people going for a different position. I think Clint, Clint Clint putting his hand up. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, you sure? Yeah. No, I'm on his campaign team. God, that's gonna oh, on the socials as well. Sorry, Sam Ward. Great stuff there as well. The, the, the oh. Olympics. There's a lot of fun there. Um, <laughs> but that's that's. Uh, I showed that to the missus actually. Missus Lee had a look at that because she normally, I see, if I say it's got something to do with hockey, she's not interested. But she did look at that and did have a giggle. Yeah, no, he's done well. He's done. Well. He's done very well. Yeah. And he gets a good number, and it's all hockey related. Just um, yeah, brilliant. It's see. time for a laugh, really, folks. Just have a laugh if you can. I know it'll be hard, but have a laugh. And lots of all the. Amazing associations out there and, and individuals involved that are, are putting little training videos together and getting Lots your kids, you know, opportunities for your kids to get outside and, and, and do that. There's so much resource out there. I sometimes think there's probably a lot of duplication of effort because there's a lot of people trying to do very similar things and, and put them out, obviously for their specific market. But um, A lot of people just doing things just because... They're locked up inside and yeah. they've got the time to do it as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, things, yeah. you know. Uh, Look, yeah. I, you didn't even notice I cleaned the path, did you? There was a smell. Was a, no, I didn't know. Maybe 
it was the lack of me stepping in some chicken poo on the way down the, the race. There, hey, you go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mow the lawn. I did it yesterday. Did you really? <laughs> did the back lawn Brilliant. yesterday? Yeah. Um, that um, I'm and today I've moved trailers and things around in the front yard to create the widest possible space available for the for the girls. And plants and, and yuccas and, and jade wow. plants and stuff have all been sort of put around corners so they've got a clear path for a scooter races. So there's not, no, there's no, there's no, no obstacles. No, 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 but I've uh, modified the hockey field. Um, the other, no, 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 but I've gone for a longer field. Oh, okay. I've got the, um, the, the old trampoline at one end. Oh, brilliant. And then I've got the little, uh, the drag box, you know, just, you know, I don't know, what's it? How big is that? Uh, meter and a half. Meter and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. We well, should just be carrying that around with us. No, but I've got this constructed, like just four bits of wood with a, a meter and a half box that you can just, you know, drag left to right, right to left. <laughs> How's Never this? Even this is true, true story, folks. Um, I, I, uh, before we, recorded this podcast tonight, you may be surprised to know I visited the uh, bottle shop. That, uh, so that's um, also known as an off-licence in some off parts license. of the world, yeah, or a liquor store. Liquor store, went to the bottle and uh, they've got big signs up, and it says, you know, cash o- uh, card over cash, brackets, Ola, boom, boom, cash Ola, get it? Yeah, that's pretty funny. Card over cash, anyway, so no worries, all not, prepared. Not sure is that funny, Go- Go into the bottle, I um, pick up my preferred beverage, uh-huh. head over to the counter, and as I turn around, because as it turns out... You're I, still on the pink champagne, are you? No, no as it turns out, I, I, I happen to be quite friendly with a bloke. <laughs> In oh, fact, first, all of the first, staff... First name the terms? <laughs> well, they all know my name, because they read it off the card. <laughs> but um, uh, as I turned around, took my little box out of the fridge he's uh he can see me from the the counter there and he's got his little zappo gun you know the little scanning gun yeah and it's gone shh and he's giving me the scan from that far away and i've turned up the the barcode how far we're talking oh 10 not 10 meters seven or eight meters away yeah Going like that, giving it the old, yeah, let's try and get it. Yeah. And I said, uh, how far does it read away? And he goes, oh, I don't know. So I just kept walking okay. closer and closer <laughs> and closer. Guess how far we got all, well, the box. I wasn't that actually close by this stage because I was okay, holding so the box bo- out in front. Okay, box to gun. Yeah, box, box to gun. Box to gun ratio, 1.5 metres. <laughs> it was, it was about 1.5 metres. We no, it's closer. No, no, it's about 1.5 metres. <laughs> and what about reading the credit card? Hey, I oh, know you Going put the other that way. on the machine. He doesn't read it with a gun. I have to put it up the machine. No, no, I know. I think most of our listeners know how it works as well. Um, uh, th- thanks for this. Wonderful yeah, attention. Thanks for listening, uh, listeners and partners, uh, particularly to our Patreon partners. Uh, we really appreciate your support in this uh, this time of need for everyone. <laughs> and uh, look, if you can't, no, no, but if you if you're struggling and you can't afford to pay, don't feel obliged that you've got to keep on with your no, Patreon subscriber. No, please no, no. cut it back, and you know when you're back in the in flusher times, then pl- please get involved but again. But if you just cut it yourself because you think, oh, thank God they said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't no, count. Doesn't um, count. 
But uh, equally, if you are minted, we're not working at the moment. So if you can get involved and help us out on patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick, we'd appreciate that. Even if it's just to keep John in his um, 10 cans a day or whatever he's on at oh, the moment. That's, that's <laughs> going to disappear very, very quickly after the little email yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, peas and rice and rice and peas. We've got some... Gold coming up, I believe, Matt, because you've been digging into the. Outside. Can I just say? Can I just say, say something very quickly before we go, we go yeah. into that, John? Um, lots of new podcasts out at the moment. Uh, a new Inside the Circle podcast from USA Field Hockey, uh, which is great. It's coming out, and equally coming out in the next. That's out already. The first issue of that. And next week, a new podcast from England Hockey called Inside the Circle. So look out for both of those Inside the Circle podcasts. (laughs) Do do your research, guys. You are listening to Inside the Circle with (laughs) Matt and John. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I've said this before on this podcast. We... We both hesitated at the reverse stick for a name, didn't we? Yes. We both, and, and in the end, we both did, well, oh, No one I, else is going to go for that. <laughs> and it's turned out to be a really good name. Well, you know, and I love the fact that I can read The Hook, the Australian hockey, uh, yep. a hockey Australian newsletter, straight after reading The Hook <laughs> from Stephen Fenlater that's been going for 15, 20 years, or whatever it is, in, yeah. in Ireland. Um, uh, local IP. It's a global game, John. It is a global game, and you are listening yes. to the Global Hockey Podcast. Of course, you can follow us on all the social medias. Instagram, Facebook, and what's the other one? Hey, Twitter. Twitter. All at the reverse hey, stick. On we're on well? Scored, and we're on YouTube as well. Search the reverse stick on YouTube. 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 So, we're thinking, John, live stream on our YouTube in the next uh, next week or so well, with, with, the, uh, with the with the it's the FIH fiscally responsible pro league live live, live 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 we'll live, be doing live. it live live what it won't be on FIH dot live live live, live, live. but it will be on our YouTube channel um, more to come on that but we're going to com- we're going to complete the the, the FIH Pro League, aren't we? It will be. It will be the only fiscally responsible way to to get through this year's Pro League and have a result. We need to crown a champion, I believe, man. Yep, that's it. Let's get some results. We'll and take the we're results. We're actually going to add finals in too. Yeah, of course so, we are. You know, the FIH fiscally responsible Pro League is all about not only fiscal responsibility... With extra but finals, but no extra cost. And I think we should also throw some extra time in there. I reckon we go to extra time with these games. Well, if, they, if it's a draw, then yeah. we will, yeah. Yeah, I think extra yeah. time. We're, we're going to... Oh, no, no, right, no shootouts. No, there could no, be we, no, no, we can't do the shootout with our mechanism for for the results, though. What? No, we can't. Oh, well, we no, could not do with, a shootout. No, not... No. Anyway, all will be revealed, folks, um, in coming weeks. Strokes. Go back to strokes, you reckon? Well, strokes may play a part, and who knows, we might even start with a bloody bully. Hey, how about halves? No, we're going quarters. It's easier oh, for our model. Right. Yeah, yes. yeah, you're right. Hello, I'm Nick Irvin, and you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Well, it's great to have the birthday boy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, isn't Did it? Did you know it was his birthday? Yeah, I know, apparently oh. so, yeah. 
Oh, it's great. Work. It's great. Pisces? Hey. Pisces. It must be a Pisces. Is it? Where, where are we? On the cusp or something? Because it's Aquarius, Pisces, isn't it? And Pisces. So, I, I think they're weird, aren't they? We're, on, we're, on, the we're on the cusp of uh, entertaining or slightly annoying. I, I don't know much about astrology, um, so we better stay away from talking about that. Do you know much about astrology? Yeah, I don't know much about history. How about biology? Astro- <laughs> no, I, I'm a very proud Leo, John. I, I was going to say, be, I what I do know is I love you. I used to be, oh, <laughs> how sweet. Oh, come on, you <laughs> sp- Sam Cook, jeez. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, no, of course, yeah. of course. Blue, blue the gag. I, I, grew, I grew up with a jukebox. Let's get past all of that frivolity, mate. Let's get to some serious hockey now. Because you have had some requests during the week to know more about the one and the only Clint Flick. Well, yeah, it's a great way to to end the show, I reckon, John. And uh, we we ducked into the archives, like I said, right at the top of the show. Some of the younger listeners have got in touch and said, we don't really know a lot about Clint Flicker. And you know, what's uh, what's the story with him? But obviously, he's still playing at the top level now, so I don't know how they don't know. I'm not sure, but... We picked out three three things from the archives, John. First one up is the 1990 EHL final uh, when Clint was playing for Bloom Pong um, in the final via Leela Brown. Great team at that stage. Oh, of course, um, Leela Brown, Vankendorf, they, they they played in the final there. Uh, it was a 3-0 win for Bloom Pong. Lining up alongside Clint was, uh, of course, Milk Van Packer. And the funny story there is Milk is the father of Fruit um, that played in last week's sixes in uh, in PNG there in the yeah. FIA. So yeah, social exclusion, uh, exclusion. social distancing. Yeah, sorry, distancing yeah, uh, festival, of festival, festival of hockey there. Yeah. Um, and strangely enough, and, and fruit of course was a, a late inclusion to the game after uh, ran. Uh, Ralph Van oh, do- uh, Doodle Doodle yeah pulled Randall, out Doodle, at the last out. second yeah. there and yeah, yeah, uh, fruit yeah. came into the side. Um, but yeah. Um, but back in that game in 1990, John, it was a it was a three nil win. Uh, the goals scored late in the game. Of course, they were up against Jerry. One of the great victories. In the it NFL. was. Um, they were up against Jerry Wheel, the the captain of Leela Brown Vankendorf at the time, and Jerry is the father of Terry, who also played last week in uh, in PNG. And, so, and they were on all the on the way. same side. So uh, I, I, if we look back, you know, Flicker definitely played with uh, both Wheel and Van Packer. No, 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 he was against Wheel on that on that day. Oh, on that yeah, day on that he was. Day he was, yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. That connection all comes from the well, same team. Let's, uh, without further ado, John, let's just take you straight into the audio of um, probably... The most important goal oh. in that game. Flicker deep on the right. Two minutes to go. He plays up the line. Finds Van Packer. Milk Van Packer back inside. Finds Flicker again. Flicker's running hard. He sends the ball deep down the right to Poffergy. Slips it back. Great trap. Van Packer. He's found Flicker again inside him. Oh, it's a goal! Oh, brilliant goal to Flicker. Two minutes to go. Could this be the one? An incredible 3-0 win for Bloompong in that game. John, uh, uh, interesting to hear a very young John Lee's voice in that game. Well, look, that that was my uh, introduction to international tournament hockey there as a commentator, Matt. And uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic game, I must admit. Uh, 
you know, nil all for so long. We were, we're down to the 68th, 68th minute. minute. And who, who would have thought Flicker? It, it had to be. If there was going to be anybody, it was going to be Flicker that day. And uh, that well, that play, the, the, the interplay well, the, between Poffajiv and Packer and, and Flicker was just amazing. And to finish it off with a shot like that. Well, I think, I think um, uh, Vankendorf were just stunned in that game after that goal that we just played, played there, and it was just bang, bang, flicker time, 3-0, the hat-trick, incredible stuff. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, Vakendorf were probably stunned when they saw Jerry Wheel spun around, and, um, you know, they don't see that every day. No, well, you're right. He went around and around and around, and um, I don't think anybody in the purple and brown had seen that before. A great performance, and you know, it didn't announce Flicker. Flicker had announced himself, but it, it sort of stamped his authority on the hockey legend that he was in that game. And look, that's a long time ago now, Matt. That's, 30, 30 uh, years, John. 1990, and to think that he's still out there doing it to this day. Yeah, incredible. Now, John, on to the, the, the next game, and uh, another one that we've, we've picked in the archive here. We, we, we skip forward. 12 years to 2002, oh, wow. and it's the uh, the Bundesliga final in Germany. Oh, yeah. UHC blood first. Oh. Um, once again, oh. Lila Brown, Vankendorf are involved in the final. And uh, uh, a very tight, tense encounter, but once again, Flicker involved. He's got space in front of him. Wankendorf are dropping back here, allowing him to run with the ball. He charges down the left channel. Wheelock approaches. He's around Wheel. He's across the top of the D with a pass. There's Flicker. Wankendorf struggling. Flicker turns. Shoots. Scores! Well, he did it when it mattered that time, Flicker John, but he didn't do it all on his own, and there was a, a young man with a big headband on his head. There was, and he made a big headband statement that day. The uh, 15-year-old debutante wonderkind, uh, ugh, he, uh, he showed his class that day and stamped himself as a player of the future, as he did again last week in the uh, FIH Social Distancing Festival Hockey Game in Rabaul there in New Guinea. Um, and that class has stuck with him his whole career. But you know what? When you pass the ball to Flicker, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to be shown up. In the D, he got around wheel, had space, time and just the most magnificent shot you're likely to see. Oh, a, a rocket. A, it was. A roof rattler. Um, just a, just great to see. Now, John, um, finally, we'll go on to the, the third pick. It was four years later, and this time, Flickers playing La Liga final for Athletic Club de Playa, and uh, they're up against local oh, rivals Real Club de Playa. Uh, you know, it's maybe the 19th time those team, those two teams have, uh, met in the final. Um, and, uh, Flicker is involved again this time against a very recent adversary, uh, Kiko. But Kiko was in goal this time, not out in the field like last weekend. Athletic with the ball now. It's Bilson in the middle. He's been a general all day directing traffic. Can he find the route to a goal that gives him the win? Just seconds to go. 
He finds Flicker on the right, in the inside channel. Outside him, it's Allison making the run. There goes the ball from Flicker. What a great pass and what a great trap from Allison. He's a great player. Charges in along the baseline. There comes a flick back. Flicker's there. Flicker finds a goal. It's athletic with the goal. Dunks his arms. Go up. Two hands. Two fingers. Goal. Well, another brilliant performance from Flicker there. And hopefully for, for those of you out there that requested a little bit of history on why this great man is so revered in our sport, well, hopefully that was a bit of flavour of it there for you. Oh, and look, uh, Matt. The, the and, you know, and John, you were lucky to be there on all three occasions. Oh, and it's it's been a, a fabulous ride through the international hockey commentary world for me over the, that many years, and nothing will stick uh, deeper in my mind than the image of Flicker in front of the goals, uh, Kiko spread eagled, mm-hmm. um, hands raised yep. in glory. Ball bobbling around in the back of the goals. It's a continual spin he managed to put on the ball. Yep, yep. Backboard, onto yep. the turf, back spin. Like a pinball. Like, like a pinball. It still was going long after it had crossed the line. Now, you've seen that iconic photo taken by our good friend uh, Jack Meoff. And uh, the way he. Oh, yeah, that's ang- a get, it's on Getty, isn't it? It is yeah. indeed. The way he, he angles, flicker, arms raised. Yeah. We've got Kiko. Spread eagled on the ground, limbs akimbo. Game face on. Game face on. In the background, there's Dunce, arms extended, fingers extended, right to the centre. Goal. 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 It was, and, it was and, great. And, and it was a goal. You, you were lucky to be there, John. We were lucky to have it happen That's the within, within our game. Um, John has made comment in the, in, in the week of how privileged he was, and hopefully, John, as you've enjoyed... Some of that retro flicker time um, audio there. Great stuff. It's very, a very nostalgic trip in many ways tonight. Oh, very yeah. nostalgic show, but I want to bring more of some of the nostalgia on. Hopefully okay. you enjoyed some of those letters, and I'll pull out some gems and some of the comments from yesteryear. Maybe we'll have a yesteryear corner or something like that. We'll do like some that of that stuff for. next year. Um, more, next, more next of year. it. Well, look, we're gonna, we ain't gonna have much hockey to talk about, John, so we might as well go retro, eh? Oh, we will have plenty of hockey to talk about next week, Matt. Well, of course, because. <laughs> it will be the FIH Fiscally Responsible Pro League. Back on. Back on. We're gonna do it round by round, add uh, some finals. Um, maybe, because people are sitting at home doing nothing. The, the fixtures have been redrawn, by the way, to include the results that have already been happened, so. It'll be a new world for everybody. Yeah, well, maybe we can do something on YouTube with it. Maybe we can go and do it live, and uh, you can join us and comment and whatever else, well, and then we'll put the audio out on the show. Don't we have the broadcasting rights? Don't think we've got any rights. To right. the fiscally responsible program. I don't think we've got any rights whatsoever, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, but look, nobody's complained yet. We've had no letters from the lawyers, so I'll assume that everything we've said is true. We appreciate you joining us for show 137 of the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Please do, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or you're on Podchaser or whatever thing that you can leave a review on, do it because it helps spread the word and makes it a bit easier for other people to find us. Because some people think they can launch a hockey podcast and say it's the 
field hockey podcast. No, it's not. We are. No, we're the global hockey podcast. That and can be a field hockey podcast. You can be whatever you want. We don't care. Um, check out all the other pods out at the moment. Half Court Press, new stuff out there. Tyron t- Hockey 24-7, new stuff out Ernst. there. Um, always new stuff coming out of Studio Hockey. Uh, lots of hockey podcast things going on. Please follow anybody that is doing hockey podcasts and support them because uh, it's important for our game. It is. We love stay you all. Safe. Yeah, stay safe. Wash your hands. We're not going anywhere. Don't kiss a stranger. Unless they're hot. Unless they're hot. Kiss hot strangers. Don't kiss ugly strangers. Have There's stand- a community safety message for your folks. You've got to have standards. Oh, yeah. <laughs>